0: What do you know about Costa Rica? Apparently, it's the small fish that hopes to be the role model for the sharks. In terms of climate change. This country in Central America has set itself the ambitious goal of becoming the first carbon-neutral country on the planet by 2021. Far-fetched, you think? Would the fact that they worked on 100% renewable energies for more than 180 days this year impress you? My name is Kim Schönrock, and in this planet Mundo short, I am bringing you the Costa Rica you don't know much
1: about.
2: Og lige nu her på DR1 sidder Tine Goetje klar til at præsentere TV-avisen. Namaskar, men jeg er ude til dig, og det Ubas. Here is the first deutsche
3: Fernsehen with the Tagesschau.
0: Costa Rica has an electricity mix other nations can only dream of. More than 70% of its energy comes from water, another 13% from geothermal power, just as much from wind and a teeny tiny little bit from solar. All in all, they run on 98.6% renewable energies. When I heard that, I was truly impressed. Until I went on a rafting trip and met this guy.
1: My name is Roberto Mendoza, and I work for tourism. I work for uh, Rancho Los Tucanes right now, and I've been around tourism since since I'm eight years old. But professionally as a river guide, that's what I do, rafting, uh, 11 years professionally.
0: At the moment, Roberto works here. That is the sound of the so-called Rio Sa Vegre, a huge river not far from Quepos, a city at the Pacific side of Costa Rica. And this river could be dammed pretty soon. Dammed as in building a wall right through it to gain energy. As I said, Costa Rica's main source of energy is water or hydropower. So I asked Roberto what this dam would actually mean for the environment.
1: There's a lot of fish, there's a lot of shrimp, birds, that they just feed from the river because there's fish there and there are other animals around. And yeah, like everything, like the environment around, the flora and fauna is going to be affected because there's going to be no water at all.
2: And what
0: would it mean for, for you and your job here as a, as a rafting guy?
1: Oh, it won't be any rafting at all.
0: The man has a point, I thought. But clearly, he must see the greater picture, right? Using hydropower is still better than using fossil fuels, I argued. Roberto wasn't terribly impressed.
1: The thing is they want them those uh, river to make electricity. But Costa Rica is is all well good with electricity, you know we're like a lot. It's just for selling to other countries, not even for our country. So I don't know what's gonna be like adventures <laughs> with that, yeah. You know? Actually it's gonna be bad for us.
0: But for the whole carbon neutrality goal, hydropower is essential. And isn't carbon neutrality a good thing?
1: It is a good thing. But it's not a good thing that they're destroying all the rivers. Because, you know, water is life.
0: Okay, we need to clarify two things here. Firstly, who are they Roberto keeps talking about? They are the people from the state-owned Costa Rican Institute of Electricity. ISE for short. Pretty much everyone gets the electricity from them. So they are responsible for building all the dams in the country. And secondly... Are they really as bad as Roberto portrays them? I realized I had to talk to ISA themselves. So I made my way to San Jose, the capital of Costa Rica, and home to ISA's headquarters. It took a bunch of emails, phone calls, and the help of my Spanish-speaking friend to finally get an interview with them. But once I got there, I was not greeted by one member, but by five people. All eager to tell me what a great job the company was doing. Naturally, I did not buy that and challenged them. There are protests against building new dams in several rivers, I've heard, at least. So I'm wondering, is is hydropower really as clean as you claim?
3: Old projects, old generation projects, renewable and non-renewable, have environmental impacts. Some are bigger, some are lower. Aha,
0: uh-huh. that sounds pretty vague to me. The man you just heard is called Mario Montero and works at ISE in a unit called Environmental Planning. He went on explaining how ISE always evaluates the benefits versus the downsides of an energy project, also involving the affected communities. That sounded better. Furthermore, they want to work efficiently.
3: Countries generate with the resources they have uh, handy in the countries, and Costa Rica has water.
0: True. Not only does Costa Rica have a lot of water, they also have a lot of mountains. A pretty helpful combination in terms of power production. Actually, quite emission-friendly too.
3: From the electricity sector, our emissions are um, 5%, I think, Mm -hmm. of of the whole emissions of the country, Mm -hmm. which are very low considering uh, some other countries have as much emissions from electricity generation as from transportation powers are really, really low.
0: To give you a comparison, in the United States we are talking about more than 30% of the country's emissions coming from the electricity sector. I started to see Isa's point, but Roberto, if you remember, he was not only mad that Isa wanted to build a new dam in his river, he believes that they only built this new dam to sell the electricity to neighboring countries, such as Panama or Nicaragua. What do you have to say to that, dear Isa?
3: ESE is a government institution and operates under a non-profit condition. Mm -hmm. We don't develop a project unless our system requires it.
0: Keeping in mind that Esa is the electricity generator of the country, they have to make sure that there's always a power backup. So even if they have enough power for the country, they need to generate a bit extra as a safety net. And this safety net should be renewable as well, they explain. Well it all sounded very convincing. But then again, it was five against one during this meeting. So I really needed an objective voice. Here's Diego Otis. I met him in a cafe in San Jose.
2: I'm a journalist. I work for uh, for Seminario Universidad. That's uh, the paper for one of the biggest universities in the country, for actually for the biggest university in the country. And um, I also work for IPS. It's a wire service. And I usually cover climate change, energy, transportation international affairs, that sort of beat.
0: I asked him about the profit issue and he confirmed ESA's standpoint, saying that if they earn money, they spend it on development projects within the country. They really are not profit-driven. So one issue was solved, but what about the not-so-clean hydropower?
2: So most people say hydro is renewable, but it's not clean. And I think this is the point. I mean, you have to understand when you build a dam, it's not going to be clean. The plants affected by the flooding is going to generate emissions and... You can affect the whole ecosystem, but it is renewable energy. So somewhere you have to strike a balance. Is this project worth it? Will this actually benefit the, the country, the community?
0: As always in life, we are talking about conflicting interests. Some people are happy, others aren't. But in the end, it is the greater picture you need to keep in mind here. Costa Rica wants to be a carbon-neutral country by 2021, which, by the way, is the 200th anniversary of the independence from Spain. Well... Carbon neutral. It sounds really great. But when I started doing research for this podcast, I kept wondering. Why does a country which is only responsible for 0.2% of the world's emissions want to be carbon neutral at all? Nobody blames them for the climate change. I spoke to Monica Araya about this. She founded a think tank called Nivela that works in the field of development and environment.
4: Contrary to other developing countries, Climate change was framed in around 2007-2008 as something that we could tackle regardless of our small size. So it was never framed or talked about as as a topic that belonged in big countries only. Okay, that's good. But why putting so much pressure on yourself? Given that our emissions are so tiny... The call for carbon neutrality has to be understood as our way of communicating to the world that we want it to be part of the solution as opposed to be part of being part of the problem.
0: We need to clarify here. Carbon neutral does not mean Costa Rica stops producing carbon dioxide. It simply means it will absorb as much carbon dioxide from the atmosphere as it emits. For example, planting a bunch of trees is good, using petrol for transportation is bad. These things are weighted against each other, and by 2021, there should be a zero in sum. But Costa Rica is a developing country. How did people, and especially business, react to this
4: self-declared climate protection wonder? Isn't it costly? Curiously, the main main response that came from the country was from the private sector. So that is something very unique, because usually in, in the developing world, the private sector has always argued that environmental... Or climate protection is a cost and is something that will hurt competitiveness and it's something that will hurt business.
0: Remember, for a long time, China and the US, for example, didn't really bring their countries forward in terms of climate change because neither wanted the other one to have any advantages on the economic stage. Oh, wait, that discussion is still going on. My mistake.
4: So the the logic here was completely the opposite. The logic was very pragmatic, and you had a, a very very visible part of the business community saying, "Great, if we if we become carbon neutral as a country, then we can we can actually benefit as as a business community because our products will carry the the branding around carbon neutrality, and we can differentiate ourselves from dirtier countries."
0: So they have the private sector on their side. 75 completely renewable energy days in the spring and another 94 in summer this year. Why on earth do they need till 2021 to be carbon neutral? Where's the flaw?
2: Between 30 and 40% of the country's emissions comes from transportation, cars, trucks, buses, taxis. And the country hasn't done nearly enough to tackle this.
0: That is Diego, the journalist again. Listening to him... I realized I got it completely wrong. I thought Costa Rica has almost reached its carbon neutrality goal. But really, they are only very green when it comes to electricity. ESE, you heard so much about, is only responsible for bringing light into people's kitchens or charging their phones. The other part of the energy sector still runs on fossil fuels. And when you look into Costa Rica's public transport system, you see why transportation is the main obstacle of the whole carbon neutrality thing.
2: Countries in Europe, uh, North America, have integrated tram, metro, bus um, systems with bike lanes, with uh, carpooling. We don't have any of this in here. We don't have a single bike lane in the country.
0: They don't have a single bike lane in the country. And if you're trying to get anywhere by train, good luck, because you won't find many. My enthusiasm declined steadily. The awesome headlines I read about this super green country all of a sudden did not sound that awesome anymore. I started to wonder, is it at all possible that carbon neutrality can become more than just a nice slogan?
2: It might be achievable depending on the, the counting system you use. It will depend on the mathematics eventually on what will you compensate with what.
0: Basically, how many trees do you have to plant to get rid of the smoke of your cars? Great. So we are talking about mathematics rather than green energy. Diego, by the way, is not very optimistic about carbon neutrality in 2021 because...
2: while the desire exists. The willingness to do what's needed, which is, again, tackling the emissions from transportation, hasn't been the case.
0: That's where my enthusiasm slumped. I felt cheated. The whole carbon neutrality idea didn't seem as realistic and great as I thought it was. In the end, it was Monica from the think tank Nivela who managed to get my spirits back up. She explained to me that Costa Rica's carbon neutrality goal was actually just an aspiration in the beginning. Until now, developing countries did not have to have a proper climate plan. But now,
4: because of the Paris Agreement, they do. So Costa Rica has to get serious, she says. We have had this aspirational approach, it created a lot of champions, it created a lot of lessons of what we have to do better, but now we have to get more serious about decarbonization and there is no other way, because we know, we've seen the numbers, there is no other way than to invest in proper transportation that um, ideally would be cleaner and more public so that we learn to live in cities that makes us leave our cars at home. Well, I must admit,
0: I was still a bit disappointed that Costa Rica was portrayed as this super green country and that I fell for the success headlines. But actually, I shouldn't be disappointed. Because when it comes to tackling climate change, there are three main problems, according to Monica.
4: Number one, emissions from electricity. Usually in China and India and in the US and in Europe, the conversation about climate change is mostly a conversation about how you generate electricity. Luckily, in Costa Rica, that part of the problem we have solved. Yep, I told you. ESA is powering the entire country on
0: 98.6% renewable energies. Leaving out the environmental impact of hydropower, electricity is not a climate issue here. Let's move to problem
4: number two, deforestation. In Costa Rica, we have managed to, to curb deforestation, so that is not our main problem either. So out of three problems, we don't have to... I don't think many countries can say that about themselves. So last but not least. The third problem, the third headache is emissions because we've burned fossil fuels for transportation. And that is, that third area is, is our problem. All right,
0: they are not perfect yet, but they are on the way and very aware of what needs change. Also, spending a month in Costa Rica, there are two things I learned. Firstly... The answer to pretty much everything is pura vida, which basically means pure life. And secondly, Costa Ricans feel somehow, I don't know,
4: special, right? If you are Costa Rican, since you are five, since you grew up in this country, you think you're different because we don't have an army, because we care about national parks. So the carbon neutrality concept was very natural here because it's it once again comply with this notion that we were different, that we have to be different, that we have an obligation to be different from the usual dirty development voices.
0: Let's hope they do take this obligation seriously and do move forward. They are hardly responsible for climate change, but they have great potential to be a role model in tackling it. They managed to frame it so that people think it's good for them to develop in a climate friendly way, environmentally and economically. I guess if more nations had this attitude at the climate conference in Paris, we might actually be getting somewhere this time. By the way, after I left, Costa Rica's president said that there will be no dam in the Rio Saavedra. It is part of an environmental protection plan. Looks like you can keep your job there after all, Roberto. Keep me updated on my favorite rafting river. My name is Kim Schönrock, and as always, we are eager to know what you think about this podcast. So tweet us at Planet Mundus or write us on Facebook. From Planet Mundus, I wish you a great day.